Trust is a special kind of currency. Once gained, you can easily lose it. Easiest way to do that is by talking out of both sides of your mouth. Charles Tan, the king of do as I say, not as I do. Jake, my boy, good to see ya. Hypocrites make my heart hurt. Oh, never touch this stuff. The smell of your breath disagrees with you. You know, you're too self-focused, Jake. There's a lot of people out there that need your help. Who do you help? I gave it the office. Hypocrites have a way of getting under my skin like a nasty bug bite. Well, this morning we continue in talking about those people, right? And remember what we're doing in this series is uh, talking about those difficult people and recognizing from the beginning we're all going to experience that. Uh, because we live in a broken world, we're part of it, right? And uh, so we've talked uh, the first week about those needy people. Uh, we talked last week about those manipulative uh, people, right? And so this week uh, we talk about the hypocrite. Everybody familiar with uh, somebody who falls into that category? I trust that you are because uh, you probably see them in the mirror once in a while, right? Uh, that's what we're going to have to struggle with today as we get into this is to understand uh, this one in particular, uh, the challenge of what it means for us as believers, right? Um, let's look first at how we, how we describe the hypocrite. It's, uh, the Greek word is uh, hypocritus. And it's an actor, a stage player, uh, somebody who hides behind a mask, right? And so we would probably summarize it in today's language as uh, somebody who says one thing but does another, right? Yeah, there you go, uh, right? It's not walking the walk uh, when you talk to talk, right? Or in my world, the way it always comes back to me is you have to practice what you Geez, you all know that one. How do you all know that one? I thought I'm the only one who gets that one, right? No, but that's what we're saying, right? It's like if, if you say, look, this is what I believe, this is what I stand for, then, then you got to act that way, right? And a hypocrite is somebody that says, well, this is what I stand for, but then they don't behave in a way that is consistent with what they say. Amen? Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem for us. The problem for us on this particular topic is when we get talking about believers and non-believers. So here's the question. You probably have non-believer friends or folks at work that are non-believers. If you think about those people, what do they stand for? What do they say is their standard that they live up to? See, what makes a hypocrite is when somebody says, look, this is my standard. This is what I believe. This is what I stand for right here. Right? And then they don't act in a way that's consistent with what they say they believe. Right? The, the problem for us is when we get to non-believers, they're non-believers. They don't have the same standard that we believers have. Right? And we believers have a clear standard in Christ, in, in the truth of His Word. But when it gets to a non-believer, the challenge for us is what, what, what do they stand for? You say, well, they stand for honesty. Okay, they stand for honesty, and, and yet they cheat on their taxes. And so you sit down to talk to them about that, and what do they say? Well, yeah, absolutely, I stand for honesty, but not when it comes to the government. What, what do you say about that? 
You, you see where I'm going? I mean, the trouble for us with a non-believer is there's no standard in which we have to measure over and against what they say and what they believe. And there's a kind of a warning in Scripture about that for us in 2 Corinthians 6 as Paul talks about this, this relationship of non-believer and believer and saying, look, you've got to be careful when you're dealing with a non-believer, right? So he says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. So what's going on? He's saying, look, there's a difficulty for us when it comes to non-believers versus believers. What does it mean for us? When it gets to this issue of those people, the hypocrite, and an unbeliever, when we approach the unbeliever, we can't approach them about their hypocritical behavior. We can't approach them. Why? We approach a hypocrite about their hypocritical behavior of a non-believer. What does a non-believer say back to you? Well, who are you to judge? Right? After all, we all know those people in the church, those people are nothing but a bunch of... Everybody knows that, right? Now, obviously, the easy answer would be to say to the non-believer, that's fine, there's always room for one more, but that doesn't always go over well, right? It just doesn't always win them to Christ. So, so the trouble for us with this hypocrite and the unbeliever, that's difficult for us because we've got to be able to back away from that we, I mean, we can talk to them about maybe the hurt their behavior is causing, but the difficulty is we've got to approach the unbeliever differently, right? We've got to approach them and just love the heck out of them and love them into the kingdom, right? The example, that's John 3. John 3 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world. So you see, God didn't even do that himself with the unbeliever, right? Because that's the way the unbeliever is going to receive it. When we enter into it with the unbeliever, they're going to say, who are you to judge, right? Instead, what does he say? God didn't do that, but he came to save the world through Christ. This is the, this is the challenge. When it comes to an unbeliever who is living in a hypocritical lifestyle, the place, the focus for us as we relate to them is to talk to them and love them into the kingdom and tell them about Christ. Tell them how their life can be different. Tell them how their life can get on purpose. Tell them how their life can be better. Tell them how they can be forgiven for not just that behavior but everything else in their life. When it comes to an unbeliever, we need to approach them and just love the heck out of them into the kingdom. You with me? We can't do it any other way. So this morning, what we're really going to talk about is not how do we relate to those people, the hypocrite who's out there in the world, but what we really need to talk about is how to relate to those people who are right here in this room. How do we relate to the hypocrites that exist within us? How, how do we relate to hypocritical behavior within the fellowship of the faith? Because that has a standard. Right? There's a clear standard for us. There's a clear standard about how we, as Christ followers, 
are supposed to live. Right? There's a clear understanding of how we, we can be measured over against the teachings of Christ, over the truth that's engaged in the rule and norm for life we call the Scriptures. And so we can be clearly measured. Are we practicing what we preach? And so this is a conversation for us of, of believers, right? So if you're a non-believer in the room this morning, welcome. We're awesome. We're profoundly glad that you're here this morning, but go ahead and take a nap. It's okay. Just zone out for another 17 minute, minutes and 20 seconds, and uh, you know we'll wake you up when we're done, right? But we need to talk about, as believers, how do we deal with this hypocritical behavior of those people who are in the family of faith? Because we have the standard. If you go to First Peter, it says, So get rid of every kind of evil. Stop telling lies. Don't pretend to be something you're not. That's hypocritical behavior, right? You get it again in Romans 12. Paul says, Don't just pretend to love others, right? We're measured over against the standard. It says we're supposed to, as believers, love others. So are you doing that or are you not doing that? That's a clear measurement, right? And so we're measured. So now... How do we, here's the question, how do we deal with one another in the faith when hypocritical behavior uh, enters in? So I want to suggest a couple questions right away, right? That's what we're doing each week. It's kind of raising some questions for you to ask as you approach these issues or these people. You ready? Uh, First understanding is to know that Jesus confronted hypocrites. He confronted hypocrites. He did that, uh, and every time he did that, he did that, and they were always among God's people, right? So here's an example where he says, when you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do. So he's naming it, but if you read through that, guess who he's talking about? He's talking about religious people. He's talking about the Pharisees, teachers of the law. He's talking about religious people. If you go into the New Testament, and here's some other passages where Jesus uses the word hypocrite, uh, he uses the word hypocrite seven times. He calls religious people fool two times. He calls them blind guide five times. And servants and, and a brood of vipers one time. So Jesus is willing to confront people in the faith about this hypocritical behavior. And, and so do we. So, so we've got to be willing to do this. But we've got to ask the right questions. Here's the first question. Am I being called to confront a brother or sister in their hypocrisy? That is an important question. What's it mean? You, before you enter in that conversation, you have to be absolutely convinced that God is leading you into this conversation for all the right reasons. You can't do this for the wrong reasons. right? You can't enter into this conversation with a brother or sister in Christ about their inconsistent behavior for the wrong reason. You can't enter into it and say, well, you know what? Finally, I'm going to knock them down a peg. No way. This will sure humble them. Uh Uh-uh. Well, we're done with this conversation. I'm going to get my pound of flesh. Don't know why anybody would want a pound of flesh, but nevertheless, that's not the motivation, right? That's not why we would enter. You've got to enter into it for the right reasons. And the only right reason is, listen, is God calling you, putting this on your heart, making it clear to you that you're the one that he has chosen to enter into this conversation? with a brother or sister in Christ. It says in Galatians 6, Dear brothers and sisters, so who is he talking to? 
people inside the faith, right? Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly, say gently and humbly, make sure you remember that, gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to enter into this with the right heart and the right reasons. It's not because we bear a grudge. It's not because we're going to show them. It's not because we want that pound of flesh. We enter into this because we care about their relationship with Christ. That's what's at stake. See, we go talk to them about their hypocritical behavior because we need to enter into that because God is using us just like He used the prophets. Remember in the Old Testament? When God's people weren't behaving in a way that was consistent with following God, who did he raise up? He raised up a prophet. And he said, prophet, go tell him. Same thing. We need to be convinced we're the ones that he's putting in that place. And we enter into it with the right heart, with the right reasons, to talk to them gently and humbly. How? Gently and humbly, right? Because what's at stake? What's at stake is their faith, their walk with Christ, see? It says in James 5, My dear brothers and sisters, talking inside the faith again, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings a sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. You're going to save them from what? Death and you're going to bring them to forgiveness. You see that? That's what we do. That's what we do. See, we enter into this for all the right reasons because we're concerned about their walk with Christ. We're concerned about are they walking, growing, maturing in their walk with Christ. And what we're seeing is their hypocritical behavior is a roadblock to their walk with Christ. I mean, one of the things uh, that happens in in my life is, you know, I wear this shirt uh, fairly often, and it's kind of a funny little thing in my head, but, you know, when I get in my car... And I start driving down uh, the road. There's, there's this little part of me that's like, oh gosh, watch how you drive today because you're wearing the shirt. You know? Right? <laughs> oh gosh. And I cut somebody off. It's like, oh shoot, I got the shirt on. Darn. Oh. <laughs> right? You know, and I certainly can't do anything beyond that. Like, oh. Anyway. You know, that doesn't work. <laughs> right? Can't do that. You can't, can't do that because I got the shirt on. Right? I got to be consistent, right? Why? Because if I do that, what's happening? I'm getting in the way of their walk with Christ, right? If I do that, I'm a roadblock to their walk with Christ. That's not what I need to be. I need to be something that helps their walk with Christ. And, and so when we identify somebody that's, we're in relationship that's a believer, and they're not living consistent, they're being hypocritical, we enter in for the right reasons, and the reason's got to always be about walking with Christ and leading them to forgiveness. Got it? Next important question. You can't do the first one if you don't do this one. The next important question is, am I willing to face my own hypocrisy first? Am I willing to face my own hypocrisy first? You see, you can't enter into a conversation with a brother or sister in Christ about their inconsistent behavior if you aren't willing to face your own hypocrisy. What happens? You sit down with a brother and sister in Christ, you start pointing out their inconsistent behavior, and what do they say? 
Well, okay, but what about you? I mean, I've seen you. I know about you, and you did. Right. Now, all of a sudden, what happens? Two believers are going to start going, well, which one of us is the bigger hypocrite? And we get nowhere. Now, we have to be willing to look in the mirror first and deal with our own hypocrisy. If you look at Galatians 6, which we did before, right, where it says, brothers and sisters, if you're a believer and they're overcome by sin, you know, gently, humbly talk to that person. But look what he adds. I underlined it for you. Look what he adds. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So you've got to deal with it yourself before you can deal with the hypocrisy of a brother or sister in Christ. Now, what's great about this, what the, the big understanding of this is that's where the ability comes to be able to talk to them. When we deal with our own hypocrisy, right? When we, when we look in the mirror and we are able to admit our own hypocrisy, when we've not lived consistently and walked the walk and talked the talk, right? When we've not done it, that becomes the very place that allows us to talk to them. Right? We don't walk in and say, boy, you are really messing up. You are really not walking consistent with Christ. We walk in and say, you know what, brother? I've been there. I've been there. I understand what you're going through right now, and I just, I got to tell you, from my own experience, I got to tell you, out of my own weakness, what scriptures say, when we are weakest, he is strongest. You see where it comes from? We enter into these conversations for all the right reasons to share with them about Christ, get them on, on, back on path with Christ. And we do it out of our own weakness because we confront our own hypocrisy. If you need anything to convict you at this point, just go to Matthew 7 and look at Jesus because he's like in our face about this one, right? He uses a great illustration to help us get this point. He says, and why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? What does he call us? Hypocrite. First, there's the word. There it is. First, this is what we need to do first. First. Get rid of the log in your own eye, then, right, so we don't abandon going and talking to our brother or sister in Christ, if God's called us to do that. But first, we deal with our own, our own hypocrisy, right, and, and we experience our own need for forgiveness. Then, out of that, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Do you get the principle? That's how it works. When we are weakest, he is strongest. We step into that conversation for all the right reasons, and we step into the conversation because we know the truth about ourselves as much as we know the truth about that other person. All right. How do we do this? All right. So we ask those two questions. We're still going to step into the conversation. When we step into the conversation with our brother or sister in Christ, we need to make sure we magnify the majors and not the minors. When we go to talk to them, we're talking about their walk with Christ. And we need to make sure it's about a major and not about a minor. What's that look like? If you have a brother or sister in Christ and they, they go to work and they say, yeah, I'm a Christ follower and they're talking Christ up in the office, but at the same time they're hanging out at the, uh, 
at the, at the coffee urn and they're telling dirty jokes, there's a problem. If you're a teenager and you're roaming around school and you're saying, hey, let's get a Bible study together. Let's all meet at noon in the cafeteria. Let's all bring our Bibles. We'll make a great witness in the cafeteria to all our all our all the people there. We'll just get into our Bibles, get into the Word together. But on Saturday night, you're at the party where everybody's getting drunk. That's a major. If you're walking around talking Christ, witnessing to people, using your mouth to share the words of the truth with other people, but you go home and you belittle your spouse or you belittle your kids with those same words, that's a major. That's a major. When we enter into conversations with brothers and sisters of Christ, it's about their walk with Christ, and it better be about a major, not about a minor. We don't sit down with them and say, you know, you're really not quite speaking the truth about Christ because that translation of the Bible you use is really not the right one. That's a minor. That's a minor. We don't enter in and say, you know, I've noticed that obviously you really must not be growing in Christ because when you're in worship, I don't see your hands up. Right? That's a minor. That's a minor. That's not about the real walk with Christ. When we enter the conversation, we've got to be able to talk about and magnify the majors, and we don't get lost in the minors. Jesus, Matthew 23, talking to the hypocrites, the Pharisees, right, gives that same principle. He says, What sorrow awaits you, teachers of, the, of religious law, and you Pharisees? Hypocrites! For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the most important aspects of, law, of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, of course. We all know that. We get that. You should tithe, but do not neglect what? The more important things. You see that? Blind guys, you strain the water. So you won't actually swallow a gnat, but you swallow the whole camel. What does he want us to do? you got a major. Magnify the majors. Don't get lost in... The minors, when we go to talk to somebody about their walk with Christ, a brother or sister, it should be for all the right reasons. It should be with an absolute humble heart. And it should be to talk about the big things of what it means to walk with Christ. And we're seeing that inconsistency. And they may receive it and they may not receive it. They may, they may take it in thank you so much that I can experience forgiveness for this. Thank you. But they may not. In Matthew uh, 18... Uh, Jesus gives us kind of that walk we walk with him, right? It says, you know, so if your brother or sister sins, go and point it out their fault. Do that. Go talk to them. Just between the two of you. If they listen, you want them over. Good deal. But if they don't listen, take another brother or two. Go talk to them. And um, if that doesn't work, go tell the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, do what? Treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. What's he saying? If you've tried to talk to your brother or sister in Christ for all the right reasons, out of total humility and your own weakness, right, and they just are not listening to you, and you try to get others, a small group, get them in a small group, try to get others to talk to them as well, then you're talking to them about the wrong problem. You can't talk to them about their hypocrisy anymore. You've got to go back to talking to them about Jesus. You've got to get them to understand what it means to surrender their life totally and absolutely to Christ because they apparently aren't there. You see where it is? 
you're going to talk to them about basically Jesus. What's that lead us to? Final observation. It leads us to a simple observation that when we go to talk to a brother or sister in Christ who's captured by this sin of hypocrisy, we need to speak to them from our own weakness, from inside, and we need to speak to them about their inside, right? About their faith, about their walk with Christ, about their own weakness. We speak from our weakness, and we speak to their weakness. What do we not do? We don't scold them about the external. So often, that's where conversations go. Conversations that should be talking about the internal end up talking about the external, right? We go in and we sit down and we start talking about their behavior that's inconsistent, and we get lost in this external conversation that they receive as scolding. Scolding. Anybody in the room really like being scolded? Hated that, right? Give me the time out. I'll go sit in my room alone. Just don't keep harping on me. Right? No, we need to make sure we concentrate, speak from the internal, and we speak to the internal. We talk to them about Christ. Here it is, Matthew 23 again. What sorrow awaits you, teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, there's the word, hypocrites, for you're like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with deep, with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. Outwardly, you look like righteous people, but where? Inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy and lawlessness. What's the issue, outside or inside? The issue is inside, isn't it? It's inside. When we went into entering these conversations, it's for all the right reasons. It's out of our own humility. It's out of our own weakness. And we major on the majors, not on the minors. And we talk to them not in a scolding way, but in a compassionate way. Right? We try to reach to the inside of our brother or sister in Christ. How can we do all that? We can do all that for one fundamental biblical truth, one standard. And that is that we have a compassionate and gracious God. We have a compassionate and gracious God. Look what Peter says. He says, so prepare your minds for action. Exercise self-control. Now look at the next sentence. Put all your hope... Not just a piece of it. Put all your hope where? Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed in the world. Where do we put our hope? In the grace of God. You see, that's the foundation of this. How do we deal with those people? How do we deal with those brothers and sisters in the faith who are wandering away and living a hypocritical lifestyle? Well, we deal with them compassionately and gently and humbly and we rely on God's grace. We enter into the conversation focused on their walk with Christ, on the foundation of God's grace. Forgiveness for us, forgiveness for them. You with me? Let's pray. Father, it is a hard one for us because it's uh, talking about the family. And that's always a difficult thing to look at. And yet you, uh, you empower us to do it. You lead us to it. We pray this morning that uh, we can deal with those people, not just those around us, those fellow believers that are captured by that behavior that's contrary to your truth and your word, but that, that hypocritical person in the mirror. And so deal gently with us, humbly with us, in your compassion, 
Bring us back to that place where we can just be so close to Christ that we can walk with Him every single day. And when we fail, and we know we will, when we fail, Lord, we put all our hope in Your grace. We put all our hope in forgiveness. We put all our hope in the cross. We put all our hope in what Jesus did for each one of us. So lift us up. Empower us and guide us that we can be Your people. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.